Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday, November 15th. And I, for one, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. It's, well, we got seven days, a week from today. Looking forward to it. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome you to an Invest Talk. Our website, on, on, on our website, we state very clearly and proudly that this show, Invest Talk, is committed to reason and common sense guidance for everybody who listens. We answer questions. We try to be straightforward and honest about the answers. We don't try to, you know, make the market look better than it is or worse than it is, but just try, try to give you an honest answer. And of course, that is my objective today, as it is every day. I welcome your phone calls, and you can call right now. 888-99-CHART is our number. Stocks were pretty volatile this morning. They were uh, down. All the indexes were down, and I'm sure everybody got depressed and thought, oh gosh, another down day we're going to have. It. But that isn't how the market ended today. It was up. What surprised me is about Walmart. Did you see Walmart? We own Walmart in our man- one, of our, one or two of our managed accounts. Uh, that was down today. And yet, they had better than expected quarter, third quarter earnings. They had better than expected uh, same store sales. They had better than expected e-commerce, which surged for them. So there's nothing bad about Walmart, yet it ended up down today. So what does, what kind, what does that tell you? See, it's interesting. You know, the market, of course, eventually responds to earnings. But on a day-to-day-to-day basis, market could do anything it wants. It, it, I've said this a while back. I don't know if I've said it in a while, but on a daily basis, the market can act like a spoiled child. It can go up. It can go down. It can throw a tantrum. You don't know what it's going to do necessarily. On a long-term basis, it's very rational. It's an adult. It looks at the, uh, well, some adults. It looks at earnings, it looks at earnings growth and projections and prices that in accordingly. So that's what happened to Walmart today. It's kind of interesting to see it happen. Usually because it would be up, but not when you're in a correction or, or you know, where you're in, the market is very volatile. I was thinking that maybe the entire market is repricing that dollar's worth of earnings. Remember I mentioned yesterday the market prices a dollar's worth of earnings at different prices over history. In other words, the P-E ratio changes over history. P-E, earnings, a dollar's worth of earnings is charged. S&P 500, long term, the P-E ratio is 15. But sometimes it says it should be 20, the whole market. Sometimes it says it should be 10. Where are we now? We're not, we're, we're, we're above 15. So maybe the market is just repricing everything. Four million Americans are expected to travel at least 50 miles over Thanksgiving. Most of that driving, according to the AAA. That's up from 2017, about 5%. 
and that's a 13-year high. So if you plan on being on the road on Thanksgiving weekend, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's going to be bad. I understand the peak will be Wednesday. That was an article uh, that was out there. Another article, oil market analysts say it appears that the Trump administration tricked Saudi Arabia and other oil producers into slashing oil prices. Now, I'd like to know how he tricked them. Ample global supplies of petroleum, which is refined into gasoline, have played a key role in delivering savings for consumers. We know oil has gone down 20% in the last month. So gasoline prices have fallen sharply. And the national average is $2.68 per gallon. That was as of Wednesday. Now here in California, now we have special tax on it. More tax later on tax. We pay tax on our taxes. It's just great. Anyway, as you can see, there's lots of market news, always is, every day. And I try to report on the ones that I think is interesting. Another one that came out today was the retail sales report came out today. It was much better than expected. Much better than expected. Even when you took out the uh, uh, the uh, transportation industry, it still was very good. Remember, retail sales fell one-tenth of one percent the month before. This month, it rose six-seven-tenths seven, seven of percent. That's high. And finally, you know, we've been, uh, there's lots of different forces at mark, uh, 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 at play here concerning the United States and China. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about trade tensions. I'm not. Before I get to that, though, let's go ahead and take a question from our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, I was thinking about purchasing the stock ticker symbol BBL, that's BHP Billington. I'm just curious what you think about um, somebody interested in taking a position in, in that mining stock. I'll listen to the podcast for your answer. Thank you. Okay, this is a BBL, Boy Boy Larry, BHP Billington. Uh, it is an Australian company. Australian company engaged in the mining of metallurgy and energy, coal, iron, oil, gas, magnesium. Okay, I, I'm going to say this. I, I would probably stay away from this. We're late in the economic cycle. China's growth is slowing. And, of course, that's where they're going to be, meaning this company. Uh, mining in Australia, they're very close to China. They could, uh, you know, that's one of their biggest customers. And I will also tell you that, darn, it looks pretty good. I mean, the dividend is 5.7%. Sales growth is 25% sales growth. Earnings are going to be up 7% this year, but they're going to shrink next year by 3%. So it's going to be $2.58. $2.58 is a $41 stock. So... What does that tell you? That the P.E. is above, what, 17, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there? And uh, I don't think it's a bargain at this point. Remember, we're in deep into the economic cycle. This is, the kind of, this is a very cyclical stock. Cyclical, meaning attached to the economic cycle. If China slows down their growth, which they are, and the world is not, and other parts of the world are slowing, which they are. Uh, the U.S. only the one, only one that looks really good. And I'm saying that these mining companies are probably not the place to be in a late economic cycle. I probably would look elsewhere. BBL is a symbol, everybody. 
Let's go to Dan in San Diego. How you doing, Dan? Oh, real good, Steve. Good to hear you again. Um, I'm, I'm you. calling about Rice Brand Technology. It's a little company. Uh, has to do with rice. Uh, it's got about 20 million shares outstanding. Hasn't made a profit yet. But the thing, uh -huh. uh, the question I have for you is Continental Grain. It's a big company. Uh, I think it's mid-sized or a little bigger. But they have purchased 4.7 million shares of rice brand technology over the last, say, year and a half. So I'm wondering how you would look uh -huh. at that. Probably they're getting ready to take it over. That, that would be my uh -huh. first gut reaction to it, Dan, because that is a, 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 as a percentage of the company, if that is all true, that is a huge... They're, they're talking about, you know, if they have... What twenty-seven million shares, and you said that they bought four plus million. Yeah, right? four point seven million. So we're talking about what eight percent or so of the company they own. Why would they yeah. do that? Uh, you know, they're exposing themselves to that company quite a bit, and they are a much bigger company. And it gives me the impression that they're thinking about buying them. I don't know that for certain. I'm just using my gut reaction to what you just told me, Dan. And yeah, that's that, what I was that asking for, yeah. Yeah, that seems like it. Remember, it's a $2.93 stock. They want to buy the whole thing. It's only $80 million, right? I mean, it's yeah. a $79 million market cap. It's, you know, they could, they could do that. Now, the, uh, that would be the only reason to own this company, by the way, uh, RIBT, Rice Brand Technologies. Processes and distributes stabilized rice bran, other proprietary rice bran-based ingredients and formulations. Because it's not making money, as you pointed out. It's not making money. It's not going to make money this year. It's not making money next year. It's losing less money every year, losing less. But it only does about you know, $3.5 a quarter. So there has to be a compelling reason for them to want to own that much of this company. And so there must be something going on there. That would be my guess. Dan, appreciate the call. R-I-B-T is the symbol, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you to check out our new online training experience, InvestTalk Academy. I did it today. Justin and I are looking forward to making InvestTalk Academy a, a valuable learning tool for serious investors, people who want to learn. And you could learn more about it at InvestTalkAcademy.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions, 888-99-CHART. As an investor, you witness the volatility of October, and going forward, November and December may also have their share of market swings. So to prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing the right mix of strategic investing programs. And you can quickly see what you may be missing if you go to investtalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Okay, today's main talking point. Financial market volatility spiked in October, and now hedge funds are on the pace for the worst year since the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. That happened in 2008. Hedge funds. 
You know, they have been doing poorly since then. They've been doing poorly for quite some time, hedge funds. Hedge funds are the ones they charge you 2% per year of your money that you give them, and then they get 20% of profits if they make any. That's a huge cost, and they're underperforming the market in general. And yet, well, I'll get, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> I'm going to get to that more. Um, do you know what a death cross is? Death cross? Death cross. Well, I'm a, that's a, it's a technical term, techni reading charts. And I'm going to discuss it. Uh, what did you hear? Read that article this morning about Warren Buffett and what he bought in the last quarter. What stocks he bought, what he added to. I'm going to go over that. And you should learn a new skill after your age 50. 50. And one other thing I would like to get to, but I may not have time, is there are two big catalysts, two big catalysts that could kickstart this sluggish bull market. You could kickstart into high gear. What do you think those two main catalysts might be? Two. And I think they, they're real. I, I think it's very, very possible. Anyways, we're going to talk about hedge funds. You know, they've been really... Okay, what amazes me is they've done so poorly, and yet more hedge funds are opened every year than are closed. Hedge funds close all the time. They always close the bad ones, and they keep open the good ones so they can say, oh, look how well we've done. Same way mutual fund families do. They close bad or underperforming mutual funds and leave the good performance up so they don't have to report anymore on the bad ones. If you think about that, think about how they advertise. Anyways, hedge funds uh, as a weighted composite is down about 2% so far. It's not tremendous, but remember how much you're paying for these things. You're paying a very high cost. So I would suggest that you stay away from hedge funds. You don't need to be in them. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'll remind you of a policy phrase we display on our homepage all the time, and we and that's all about our commitment to reason and common sense guidance to you to make you a better investor. And of course, it's true. And of course, that's what we're trying to do today and every day. I thank you for listening, everybody. The phone lines are open. I'm ready for your questions. You can give me a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. It's a good news tool for serious investors. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Fahim in San Jose. How you doing, Fahim? I'm good. Um, first of all, Steve, thank you for this English talk on the Academy. Uh, it's, this is my first oh. uh, session, and I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Did, did you like the class? I, I couldn't get my... my uh, I had a little problem with my... Uh, 
my uh, instant messaging, but I, I, well, we'll work that out next week. It's still, we're still learning how to use the software, but I kind of enjoyed the class. I hope you got something out of it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, it was the whole about uh, momentum, sorry, the moving averages. That was something I didn't know. Moving averages. Uh, but yeah, thank you. That was... Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, my question we'll have another one next about this week. E. So I just bought some today at its very low point around um, just with, you know, gambling money kind of thing. Um, I see uh -huh. that in extended hours it went up. Now, my question is what exactly is extended hours and how does, I mean, is it even possible for individual traders to participate in it? It's almost impossible, impossible for you to really participate. What happens after hours, when the market closes, you, you know, if you owned a million shares of, of Apple and you wanted to sell them and the market was closed, you could pick up the phone and call some mutual funds friends that you know or some hedge funds people that you know and you say, hey, I have a million shares. I want to sell them to you. Want to buy them? Sure. See, and all that stuff gets reported. And that's what's happening after hours. There's no open market, you know. So what happens is... They, they, that's part of it anyways. What happens is you get these strange prices. They can be gapped up or gapped down by the next morning. Also, foreign stocks. Apple, uh, I don't think it sells anywhere else other than on our U.S. exchange, but many stocks are sold on foreign exchanges that are still open. Okay? Uh, and their foreign stocks are traded on our exchange when they're closed. So you get after-hours trading and really, Fahim, you really can't participate. You and I can't. You really can't. And um, there is no way to find out what is the volume. The reason I'm asking, I see that PG&E went up by 50% after hours. I just find it really weird. So I'm trying to understand yeah. what causes You will that. find very weird pricing. You will find very weird pricing after hours. Because it's private trading between a couple of guys or you know, a couple of big hedge funds or... You know, it just they can decide to pay or not pay whatever they want to. Let's say you're a big, big hedge fund and you're really in the worst way want to get into Apple, but you know, it'll take you weeks and months to buy enough Apple to make a difference. But you know, Janice over at uh, Vanguard Funds, they have way more Apple than they probably want. And you can pick up the phone and call them after hours and say, hey, I'll buy a million dollars, I'll buy a million shares of you, and I'll pay up for it. I'll pay you two bucks more than this trading than, than it costs. See, that's how that happens, Fahim. You get weird pricing. Okay? Appreciate it. That's Jay Washington. How you doing? Jay Washington, D.C. How's it going? Hello, Steve. Jay Powell here. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you. It's Carl from Philadelphia. Just kidding, Steve. You know, it's, it's yes. obvious that Jay doesn't listen to this show because if he did, no. he would not raise interest rates. Right. Yeah, so we're talking about the Federal Reserve Chairman, everybody. Okay, listen, here's, here's yeah. my question. Um, it's a theoretical question. Oftentimes, you and Justin will answer a caller's question about a stock. You look in your computer, and you'll talk about the fundamentals, and you'll say, okay, the mm -hmm. stock made X number of dollars this year. It'll make... Y number of dollars next year. Now, how can you believe yes. what a company says they're going to make the following year? Wouldn't it depend on the demand of the product? Well, that's an excellent question. Really a good question, Jay. I appreciate it. And you're not, but what we're looking at is not the company's estimates of next year. It is the 
analysts' estimates of next year. And, of course, part okay. of where they get those numbers is they talk to the company. You know, so some of it is true. But we're looking at, uh, when we're talking about it, we're looking at software that we buy. And it's a, a and the, like if I say next year they're going to make 80 cents a share, that's like, there's like five different analyst, analytical companies that I average and come up with that number. I see. Okay. And you found that to be somewhat reliable? Well, the word somewhat is a good word to use <laughs> because... Okay. Yeah, what if we go into recession? Those numbers are totally wrong yeah, then. Exactly. That's, yeah, so, yeah, they're just a guesstimate. But you have to start somewhere, and it's the best we have. But you have to have your eyes open knowing that it's, you know, it's not necessarily reliable. Maybe on a big blue chip company that's not cyclical like a utility, be more reliable because they're, it's easier. Or Johnson & Johnson. But if you're talking about a high-growth tech company, not very reliable at all. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Listen, thank you. Great show. Thanks, Jay. And listen, why don't you have a Saturday show? Every other Saturday, you and Justin do a show. Because I, 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 I like my weekends off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I appreciate the call. Tomorrow on Talk, a health savings account, HSA. It's like a personal savings account, but the money must be used only for qualified health care expenses. It's like an IRA for health care. The story tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to answer your questions. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they, too, can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Steve and Justin thank the InvestTalk listeners who made time to sit down with Steve recently in San Jose. If you missed out on the opportunity for your no-cost portfolio review with Steve, 
Go to investtalk.com. Then over the InvestTalk menu link, scroll down to Portfolio Review. You've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to John in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? Good. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. So, no problem. Looking at EYLD. Cambria Emerging share, Shareholder High Yield, whatever that is. An ETF, exchange-traded yeah. funds, seeking, seeking results corresponding to the Cambria Emerging Shareholders Yield Index. It pays a 3.4% dividend. Uh, they have a proprietary rule-based system to invest. They have very strict rules on how they invest. And they have an effort, their effort is to try to preserve capital and still have net, net uh, growth, uh, you know, capital appreciation. They haven't done so well since this year. They topped in January at $37 a share, and today they're at $29.58. They do pay 3.4%, as I pointed out. I, I'm not sure why you're um, interested in this, because it's... You can't. There's not much transparency. Because, you don't really know what they're doing. Go ahead. Um, well, the way I'm looking at it is, it's a, a way to get exposure to emerging markets that's different from like EEM and VWO because those uh, ETFs, you know, they their top ten holdings uh, are these right. huge mega cap companies, um, whereas the you know the construction is different. Um, more Very different, and, and small cap. Yeah, this um, is. Yeah, they use specific proprietary rules that they won't share with us, of course, because you know they they develop these rules. Right. So we're not quite sure how, how, what they're doing, but they do say in mm -hmm. their perspectives that they're trying to be not to be going along the, with the market necessarily. That's not. They don't care about the market. They care about absolute return, and their rules are based on producing that absolute mm -hmm. return. But you and I just don't know what it is, and that worries me a bit. Right. John, appreciate the call. Does the low volume Thank you for the call. You? Does the low uh, volume Not. It is pretty darn low, 2,500 shares uh, traded on average a day. Uh, it would concern me. It's so small, John. I, I only have 16 million shares in the float. I mean, we're talking real tiny. That, that would worry me, too. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. So what are we going to talk about? You know, I, I, I wanted to mention the Death Cross, and, I, and I'm going to mention that. To, to Death Cross, for all those people that never heard of it, is a technical study of charting where the 50-day moving average crosses through and down the 200-day moving average, okay? That means whenever that happens, especially in the Russell 2000, and that's the small cap stocks, when it does that, and it did this about a week ago, about three, four days ago, uh, that means that the market is now on a downtrend. Now, what else has it, the S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ have not had this crossover where the 50-day moving averages 
average crosses down below the 200-day moving average. That has not happened. And I don't know if I mentioned, but the market was up today. The Dow was up 209, the Nasdaq up 123, and the S&P up 29. Now, remember the FANG stocks, the famous FANG stocks? Everybody wanted to buy them. Everybody was happy, and I kept whining that they're so expensive that I can't buy them. Well, most of the FANG stocks are down 20% or more from their high. And three of them are now have made this death cross where the 50-day moving average has gone down below the 200. Google did it today. Facebook did it in mid-September. And, well, I can't say three of them. Netflix is the next closest one, and it's going to happen shortly. So that's fairly negative for those FANG stocks. The others are moving toward it, but they're not crossed over, just like the overall index. This is a, 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 a from a technical point of view, this is a negative a negative development for technicians that trade the market based on what they study and what they say. Does it mean that the market's going to collapse? doesn't mean that. It just makes everybody very nervous. Now, I'm talking about the experts, the professional traders. They get very nervous when this stuff happens. But before we end the day, before we end the day, I want to end it with there's two big catalysts that could really kickstart this market back up. That's possible. So two, there's two big things. You probably can guess, if you think about it long enough, what they might be. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live every day, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Of course, it's also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on our archive podcast at investtalk.com. And be, be sure to subscribe to it, if we would. On, you can subscribe to InvestTalk Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then I, we would love for you to rate us and review us. I would. And now the lines are open. We're taking your financial investing questions, anything financial, anything money-wise. Live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Gary in San Jose. How you doing, Gary? Hey, I'm doing great, Steve. How are you today? I am well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Um, I have a question about a company called SUP, uh, Superior uh, Automotive. I think they make uh, wheels uh, for uh, like an OEM wheel manufacturer. Yeah, they do. Uh what, what, I'm just curious how this came to your attention. How, how did this come up? Well, 
last year, I think I was listening to this show, and someone called up about SUP, and I started looking at it. And so I bought some last year at around 14 or 15, and uh-huh. I and I followed it up until about 18 or 19, and I sold out, and, and I really liked okay. it. Um, so then it went up to 22 or so. And then it's been dropping ever since. So when it got down to 13, which I thought was like the perfect buy situation for me, um, I went in and uh, I bought 1,000 shares. Um, but okay. it hadn't finished dropping. And now I'm sitting at a spot where I'm not sure what to do. If I Should I buy in more at this lower price or do I just kind of okay. hold and wait? Okay, very good. I, I'm glad I, you had the history on that because that helps me a lot. Uh, when you bought it around 13, as I'm looking at the chart, I can see why you would say that maybe that was a bottom because it hesitated right around there for three or four days before it continued on down. Uh, next time, this is my suggestion, next time when you want to buy a stock that's fallen pretty hard and you think it's stopping, wait for it to start moving up. Three or four days. You want up three or four days in a row, or you know, three of the last five at the very least, and that would give you a, a better odds of that it hit the bottom. That's all that will do. Doesn't mean it has hit the bottom. It just give you better odds that it has. Now, if you look, it really took a hard hit from almost what nine dollars and eighty cents down to seven dollars. One, two, three, four, five days ago. Now it looks like it's trying to consolidate along that hard hit. It went up, went sideways for the last four or five days. It's been trading sideways. I wouldn't buy anything yet. I think you got to wait till it breaks above about $10 a share. It's at $8.30, and I realize that's a, what, a 17% up. The fundamentals are, no, are not there, Gary. They were... In 2016, they made $1.89. And in 2015, they made 97 cents. So they went from 97... This is the history. For 2014, made 64 cents a share. 2015, 97 cents. You see how high that... That's a huge growth. And then $1.89 a share in 2016. Then 2017, last year, $1.10. This year, they're going to lose 12 cents a share. Next year, they're going to make... 11 cents a share. There's not much fundamental reasons to buy it. And that's what the problem is, Gary. There's not a good fundamental reason to buy it. I personally would not buy it. It's too small of a company. They're not making enough money, and it's going to be very volatile. It's scary. You could trade it because it looks like it will bounce at some point here. But I don't know if I would want to own it. SUP, everybody, Superior Industries. It does make uh, cast aluminum road wheels for original equipment manufacturers in the U.S. and Mexico. Bruce in Fresno. How you doing, Bruce? Uh, pretty good, Steve. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, w- curious. On, on um, utilities, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, everybody was worried about higher interest rates, and that was yep. the reason for, in- for utilities going down. Now, yep. they've rallied since then, and you're positive on them, but interest rates mm-hmm. still are forecast to go up. Why are you so bullish yep. now, whereas you weren't at the beginning of the year? 
That's an excellent question, Bruce. Really, it really is an excellent question. Because you're absolutely right. During the beginning of this year, we were kind of bearish on the utility sector because the interest rates are rising. And here it is, the Fed is still raising interest rates and we're not and we're kind of bullish on the utility sector now. That seems to be totally wrong. Why are you switching sides all of a sudden? Most of the reason is twofold. One, utilities got really beat up this year, okay? Really beat up where the dividends were starting to be attracting people. You can see it in the chart. Uh, look at Dominion, uh, Dominion Energy. You'll see back in May and June, all of a sudden, it wasn't going down anymore. It was going sideways. And then uh, late June, it started to move up into July. So it looked like on a chart, it put in a bottom. So wait a minute, interest rates are still going up. Why would you be interested in it? Because I know we're at late in the economic cycle, Bruce. And when we're late in the economic cycle, I'm not necessarily buying that the Fed's going to raise rates three times next year. They say they're going to. Yeah. Everybody kind of thinks they are. But with the market acting the way it's acting now, I can see the Fed raising rates in December, maybe again in early February. But I think they're going to change their tone next year. And I think that's what you're seeing in the utilities. I think you're seeing... Everybody, everybody, meaning the investors and traders, including myself, starting to believe that. And if they stop raising rates and you have a very high dividend utility and we're late in the economic cycle because the only reason why they would stop is because the economy is starting to show some signs of weakness. We started to see that in housing in the summer. Do you see where my thinking is? Why? Are, and I'm not alone because you just look at utilities other than PCG. <laughs> you look at the utilities, you'll see a lot of them are doing, are doing much better than they were at the beginning right. of the year. Right. So, so I think that's okay, what you're seeing. Lot. They're changing. Appreciate the call, Bruce. And that's a very good question. Thank you for calling. I really like that question. Because remember, you as an investor, your, your, your job is to think forward. Forward. Not today. What's going to happen two, three, four, five, six months from now. That's your job. And what stocks will work two, three, four, five, six months from now? And you start buying them today. And they start working today, and everybody goes, like Bruce, wait a minute, this, this is confusing. That's because I'm looking forward. I know that the Fed's going to stop raising rates at some point. And I think it's next year they'll stop raising rates. At some point next year. That's my, my feeling. What if I'm totally wrong? I reserve the right to be wrong. But, man, I've been doing this a long time. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, 888-99-CHARTER is our number, everybody. Here's an investment term you should know. Running yield. Running yield. A running yield is the annual income on an investment divided by its current market value. Running yield is a calculation that divides income from dividends for stocks or coupons for bonds by the market price of the security. The value is expressed as a percentage. Running refers to a continuous investment such as a bond held to maturity. It also is referred to as current yield, yield to maturity. I, I use yield to maturity a lot. That's also, but running yield means the same thing. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Our Thursday show is wrapping up soon. We still have about 10 minutes in the program. Remember, 
we keep yeah, you know, we keep our anytime listener lines always open, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call now or later, whatever is most convenient for you. But we're taking live calls now. 888-99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, with a health savings account, the money must be used only for qualified health care expenses. Explaining the pros and cons of an HSA. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Owen calling. Uh, It's been about a year since I've called in. Uh, I've been listening on and off. And I had a question about Ford. A while back, I put a little bit of money into Ford, uh, and it seems to have kind of steadily gone down, maybe to like the, maybe a couple dollars per share for me. And so I'm wondering what you think of the long-term prospects for it. Uh, I was thinking about just letting it ride. My retirement horizon is probably like 30 years or so. So I'm just wondering, is this something that might make sense to add a little bit more to, or would you wait at this point in time? And I look forward to hearing this on the show. Thanks so much. Okay, Ford, symbol is F, you know, they make automobiles and trucks. I would not add at this time. This is not a good time to add to your portfolio cyclical stocks. Remember what I said about cyclical stocks, the stocks that react to the economic cycle. We're late in the economic cycle. What happens in the, when the economy starts to slow, which, you know, maybe next year or the year after, we're late in this economic cycle is what happened, and I'm not saying you have to get out of your cyclical stocks and get into other, you know, I'm just saying it's not a good time to add to your cyclical stocks. Ford and automobiles are very cyclical because in a recession, people stop buying cars. And when we're in an economic growth, they buy, they, they buy cars. Well, here we are, economic growth, and Ford has gone down all year long. Why? There's sales? Why? Well, because these big car companies don't grow a lot. Ford sales growth was 3% last quarter. The quarter before that was shrink 2%. The quarter before that was up 7%. That's why. It does pay a very high dividend, 6.4%. But auto, I don't like auto companies personally because they carry on a lot of debt and they pay high dividends. And I don't, you know, borrowing money to pay dividends, I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. It is a low price stock, but with a PE ratio of 7. But it's always. Automobile companies always had low low PEs. Now, I would not add to it. I think it's bottom. It bottomed about $8.25, and today it's at $9.31. So it may have bottomed, unless we're going to recession, but I think it may have bottomed for the time being. Can you hold it for 30 years? Man, I, I don't think I can say that about almost any stock. You know, can you hold them for 30 years? Maybe Johnson & Johnson, maybe, you know, there's certain stocks that probably, but an auto company, I'm not so convinced. Remember, GM went out of business in 2008. People are going to say, no, they're not, they're still in business. No, they filed for bankruptcy in 2008 or, was it 2008 or 2009? All the shareholders lost all their money, and then it came out of bankruptcy as the new GM. Yeah. So you as a shareholder lost every dime. The new shareholders got the stock that bought it. Yay. Remember the government helped uh, help GM survive? Remember that? So I don't know if we could, you know, hold stocks for the next 30 years without 
ever worrying about them. I think you'll always have to kind of keep an eye on them. And I would not add to Ford at this point. Okay? So what did Warren Buffett buy announced today for the third quarter? What kind of things did he add to or buy in his portfolio? Well, he, he bought J.P. Morgan. That was a new stake. 1.1% of J.P. Morgan. Okay, so what is 1.1% equal to? If you and I wanted to buy, how much money did he spend? Oh, about $4 billion. <laughs> $4 billion. Uh, He added to his stake with Goldman Sachs. He has 5.1 million shares of that now. He trimmed his Wells Fargo stake. So, but he still has 9.65 million shares. So don't think he doesn't have... And he added to his Apple computer shares. Wasn't that interesting what he is doing? So he bought some big banks. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Big commercial banks he added. Don't argue with Warren Buffett. <laughs> of course, his time horizon, time horizon is forever, so he, you know, it's a very long time horizon, but I wouldn't argue with them. One quick thing, two big things, two big catalysts that could happen this year, uh, next year, to, to push the stock market higher, to continue the bull market. Two. One. The first one. All this uh, not playing nice over China and tariffs. If China, if Bush and uh, China, uh, Mr. Ping or whatever his name is can uh, agree and come to a conclusion, the market will take off. The other, the Fed, Federal Reserve, stop raising rates. Those would be very positive for the market. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, and I thank you for your loyal support and listening. I really do appreciate it. And also thank you all the podcast listeners out there. Remember, we like Y-Charts, and we'd like to push that, mention that on the show. Y-Charts, uh, you can get it for you know, a very good big discount. It's very, very good, both fundamentally and technically. Fundamentals especially. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.